Here comes the TV repair man. What do you want from us? Hold on. Just let me look at you. Stay alert, Barnacle Boy. He, he's up to something. Will you come? Will you stop calling me boy? Welcome to SpongeBob Binge Pants, Nickelodeon's official podcast about all things SpongeBob. I'm Hector Navarro. And I'm Frankie Grande. Frankie, we're back with an incredibly special episode of our podcast today because today we're talking about some even more special episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. We're talking about Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy and Pickles, which is a great pairing of names. Uh, Frankie, just give me an overview. How did you feel about both of these episodes? I've got some I've got some real strong feelings about Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Love those characters, but let me know how you're feeling about these two episodes right now. I really enjoyed rewatching them. I forgot about the fact that, again, like we are getting another introduction to two characters that I just kind of feel like are part of my day to day life. You know, like mm-hmm. I forgot that there was actually a time when they didn't exist on the show. And I know that it was just a few episodes, but seriously, still, like when I'm being reintroduced to Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, which are so much part of the fabric of SpongeBob SquarePants and like kind of gives you such a great insight into who SpongeBob and Patrick are, I feel like these are like coming out of a time capsule and like looking at like the the fabric of the beginning because again I'm so used to like the now the newer episodes where they're just like taken for granted this is just Spongebob (laughs) and Patrick trying to motivate Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy to do to fight evil once more and it's like that's so great it was I love that episode and of course Pickles is just uh, an absolute I'm going to use a thesaurus Pickles is a prototypical episode that is a synonym for iconic i have them up on my screen now so we don't say iconic ever again on the show uh pickles Mm. is a very prototypical uh episode because um that's our first time where we kind of get to see that spongebob is human that that he is capable of making uh, an error and a mis or or feeling like he made an error and a mistake and watching it kind of Mm -hmm. destroy him what about you hector well I could not agree more, especially about how you just feel like these characters have been around forever. And it's so interesting because, especially because Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy are introduced within SpongeBob with a show within a show. And the show that they're introduced in feels like it's been around since the 60s in real life, you know? So it really feels like we've had these characters forever and that Jason Momoa just played a sexy version of Mermaid Man in a big budget movie but that's not what he did he played a different <laughs> character we'll, we'll, we'll get into it so let's dive in talking about Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy and Pickles and here we go in three two a one So let's get into it, Frankie. First up is Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. So in case anybody is listening right now, has not had a chance to rewatch the episode either on their DVDs or on Paramount Plus, here's what happens. SpongeBob and Patrick love watching their favorite old show, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, and they even annoy their neighbor Squidward with their cosplay and pretend time. So imagine their surprise when Squidward tells them that their heroes live at Shady Shoals Rest Home. Can SpongeBob and Patrick get their heroes out of retirement. Hey, who are those guys? Uh, are they here to fix the TV? <laughs> what do you want? Are you Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy? Well, we used to be, but now we're retired. <gasps> but you can't retire. There's evil afoot. What? <laughs> Good boy! Don't forget the 
Mike said was there's evil afoot. Evil! Will you please stop saying that? Evil! 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 First things first, Frankie, what were your overall thoughts rewatching this prototypical episode of SpongeBob SquarePants? It just makes me giggle so much is um, Shady Shoals is obviously mm-hmm. a shout out to the Golden Girls with Shady Pines, which is where Dorothy is always threatening to send Sophia to Shady Pines, mom, Shady Pines. And I just that made me so happy to see that kind of like whimsical reference to, I think, one of the greatest comedies ever on television. And SpongeBob can go like right next to it in terms of one of the longest running funniest shows I've ever seen my life. So um, loved that little nod. I am coming to you right now from South Florida, where I just celebrated my grandmother's 96th birthday. And this episode reminded me of that. Like I spent so much time with my Nona in these assisted livings. And it was just I laughed the whole time because (laughs) I have so many funny stories about my grandmother and her friends at these assisted (laughs) screaming at each other across the table. No one can hear anything. And it's just like, but they're still fabulous, you know, and they're still going for it you know they're still putting on these gorgeous outfits and doing their hair in their 90s and it just really uh this episode really tickled me especially because i watched it from south florida i totally agree with you what i love about this episode of spongebob is that i think it's easy to to have jokes at the expense of our elderly citizens especially with cartoons that are going for laughs that are supposed to be comedic shows you know it's it's like low-hanging fruit and what's great about this is There are jokes that are definitely relatable. They're definitely, you know, part of what it means to be an older person. But also this is like a celebration. And I was going to say the most the most heartfelt moment is SpongeBob's view of the elderly. He says, oh, people are the greatest. They're full of wisdom and experience. That's the message of the show. And at the end, it has such a great happy ending, which I love for everybody involved. So, like, it's great because I think it, it does have some fun with with, you know, what some of these folks have to, especially with poor Barnacle Boy has to like put up with, I guess, and, you know, in him being friends with Mermaid Man. But at the end, it's just really sweet and heartfelt. And it's never something that is mean spirited. Exactly. And it's 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 accurate. And that's why I always find like comedy um, succeeds in not being offensive is when they they don't need to color it in with more extra colors. Like it literally it is exactly what I have been through. You know what I'm saying? Like these past weeks. And it's just so funny because it's accurate. You know, the screaming over the chess game. Like that's what happens when you when you're in your 90s and you lose your hearing. It's just what happens. So it's just it, it is done with a lot of love. And uh, I, I really appreciate that. Here's another thing I love, too, is is when this show premiered, I maybe wasn't the most familiar with these actors. But since then, in, in, in learning about their legendary comedic careers, I'm talking about Tim Conway, yes. Ernest Borgnine. Mumbling worries. It's not working, Mermaid Man. He, he's, he's absorbing it like some kind of evil sponge. Dog, Dog paddle, paddle away. <laughs> These two gentlemen... They have since passed away. Ernest Borgnine passed away in 2012 at the age of 95. And 
Tim Conway just recently passed away in 2019 at the age of 85. And both of these guys have had careers that are so amazing. They have guest starred on everything. They've had they've been on these long running shows and they are some of the funniest guys that ever did it. And to have both of these gentlemen be able to, you know, play with each other and mess with each other and play these characters it's it was so great and i and again it's similar to how we've talked about how maybe as kids and young people we weren't familiar with Jacques Cousteau but SpongeBob right. sort of introduces the young people to this to this person to this man to this idea and i think it's doing the same thing with Tim Conway Ernest Borgnine they were such great guys listen up you villains i want to eat my meatloaf if you don't get out of here then by the power invested in me i now pronounce you man and wife what is going on in here? You may kiss the bride. Har, har, har. Funniest moment. Listen, one of the funniest moments is when Ernest Borgnine, as Mermaid Man, when he goes, If you don't get out of here, then by the power vested in me, I, I now, now pronounce you man, man and wife. wife. <laughs> <laughs> I also like, to the table, away! <laughs> like, that whole part is so funny because, again, it's like, it's just like you feel so deeply for these characters because, obviously, like, listen, th- I relate to this, that, like, I am not the same man that I was in my 20s. Like, I yep. can't do yep. all the same things. So I imagine in 60 more years, I will feel even more like that. But there still is that part of your DNA that's still like, no, I'm still that young whippersnapper. <laughs> I still am going to do the same things that I, I still am going to attempt to do the same things that I could do when I was a kid. I learned something over the weekend, bud. What? I love I love visiting New York City and I visited New York for Comic-Con, but normally when I'd walk around New York, my feet hurt. Mm. This is the first time I'm walking around New York and I told my buddy this. I'm like, my hips hurt. Yeah. What does that mean? Mm. Oh, I'm I'm oh, I'm in my mid-30s. Okay, great. That's what that means. Okay. So I also related to, <laughs> to and, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. No, Comic-Con is an extraordinarily large amount of walking though there's a lot you walk of, a lot then you stand a lot um and also that actually reminds me of something because it's like in this episode we see um you know spongebob and patrick in costume and and dressed as their favorite characters and it's but it's still again like these characters are not children and as you can now speak very directly to and i can having been many years like comic-con the people that attend this are full-grown adults Mm -hmm. so we still have not gotten a clue as to what their age is even though they are in front of the tv um and screaming at mermaid man and barnacle boy because also this is behavior that i would do right now in my 30s you know what i'm saying and probably will continue to do I think it's funny that in 1999, when this episode came out, that to dress up like your favorite superhero was definitely something you did as a kid. But since then, since then, Frankie, Comic-Con and cosplay has become such a thing that it's like, yeah, this still doesn't tell us that SpongeBob and Patrick are young. This right. just tells us that they're fun. They're just they're just fun guys. That's all this means. That now. they're fans. <laughs> that they're fans. That they mm-hmm. love life. Like I literally fanboy so hard over so many things still in my life, and I plan on continuing to do it all the way until my nineties. By the power of Neptune, creatures of the deep assemble. Hector's historical context. You know, I also I, I 
I love this episode is that this is the first one that uh, I think that the uh, the storytellers here are really leaning into superhero parody and i'm such a superhero fan that it's like i was just rattling them off and and watching the episode we've got aquaman yeah the show is obviously a parody of the 1966 batman adam west tv show yes there's there's a there's a bit with the wonder twins where they have to like connect connect their rings which is like a wonder twins thing and there's even a joke about the invisible boat uh, which is, which is you know, a parody of Wonder Woman's Invisible Jet, which is great. So wow, Hector connecting all the dots. And what about Captain Planet? He's our hero. That's rings together too. They have to put their rings together in that one too. Gonna take pollution down to zero. <laughs> it's it's a big part of the superhero lore. Is a ring. You have Green Lantern who had a yeah. ring. Even the Flash keeps his keeps his costume in a ring somehow. Like his ring opens up and his costume comes out and then he puts it on. So a lot of rings in superhero. Meme moments. Hey, I know that meme. That's a meme moment. I really like how we get a SpongeBob, a famous meme in this, which is the the side eye from Squidward when Squidward looks over at them and he goes like this like that great side eye and then they're like it's Reflecto yep. it's our enemy yeah. Reflecto <laughs> I thought that was so great and they put the tent over him to di- to disarm him from the sun <laughs> if Reflecto is cut off from sunlight he becomes weak jumping jellyfish mermaid man he's destroying the shield <laughs> quick Barnacle Boy back to the sea cave. I love that Squidward gets to be the guy that's like, and then he's like, just go say hello to them. This is another example where SpongeBob and Patrick are trying to help. Ultimately, it's incredibly disruptive and disturbing to these people's lives. But then in the end, they actually did it. Like at the end of the episode, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy are back on TV doing what they quote unquote used to do it is you know the retirement mm-hmm. version but it is you know they they achieved their goal they got their favorite superheroes to come out of retirement by the end even though it I was very I jarring but yes and it was you know it's just another example spongebob and patrick just like going through life being like this is gonna work out great i know it will and then it does somehow mm-hmm. <laughs> amazing it it's it reminded me of uh, one of my favorite movies, Galaxy Quest. At the end of Galaxy Quest, those those actors come back and do a sequel version of the show. And even in 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 real life, we see that all the time. You know, Patrick Stewart came back as Jean Luc Picard, and he's got his show now. And and it's so much fun when we get to see actors that have played characters that we love, like get to bring them back years and years and years later. I know Sylvester Stallone has done it like five times. Yes. He's going to keep doing it. And I will right. Still Harrison go. Ford came. It was still go Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill. They came back as their Star Wars characters. Like it can be really special and really cool. And I just, I do. I love that support. I did it. I feel five years younger. Oh, it's good to be back. (laughs) We did it. You're cool. Who are you? Here's a, here's a fun fact too. I didn't know this, but our producer let us know about this, which was great. The live action captain that this episode cuts to is played by Don Newhouse, who used to guard the gates at Nickelodeon in Burbank, which I thought was a beautiful little touch of live action fun right there. So great. I love that. And I love that they always like grab from uh, their general family to like be in the show. You know, they're like, because again, as we've found out as everyone that we've interviewed has said about SpongeBob is like, is like, it's a family, right? Like 
everyone gets to know each other. You know, Teal became best friends with Carolyn because Carolyn was walking through the production uh, area and wanted to say hello. Like everyone's kind of co-mingled. So it is so lovely to know that um, mm-hmm. they just they grabbed the security guard that probably was just so kind to everyone as they walked in one day. And we're like, you know what? You're perfect. Yet we need you. <laughs> Let's go get Don. We need. Yeah, we need. It. We'd be so fun if we could cut to this to this captain. Let's go get Don. Let's get Don to dress up in this outfit and you know do a little wink to the camera. I think was was really really fun. So, um, Frankie, yeah, I love this episode. It was so much fun recapping it with you. Um, I think we're ready to head over to pickles. Do you want to let everybody know what happens in pickles? Well, before I go, we need to just say SpongeBob's damsel in distress is my my new favorite everything. Of of all time. <laughs> and Patrick's bad guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Patrick dressing up as a bad guy. Uh, I love it. I, I want more you know uh ver- i just love when our favorite main characters can like dress up and there's different versions of them you know everybody talks about how their favorite spongebob outfit is like the band outfit or like i love patrick in the fishnets from the first spongebob movie like do more of that crazy costumes let's go let's go let's go uh, well, and we will get more <laughs> all right okay now i'm ready Sir, whenever you're set, take it away. What happens in pickles? In this episode, SpongeBob is having another amazing day at the Krusty Krab when his first ever nemesis, Bubble Bass, arrives. He challenges SpongeBob to make him a Krabby Patty, and when he apparently forgets to include pickles, SpongeBob's entire universe is shattered. Will SpongeBob ever be able to regain his confidence again? Find out in the episode Pickles! <laughs> well, Bubble Bath, what do you think? This is pretty good. Only one thing. You forgot the pickles! <gasps> no! The best there is? I don't think so. You lose! <laughs> Pickles should be right where they always are. I know I put them on. Where are those pickles? Whenever I think about this episode, these two segments, that I really think about Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, and I had forgotten a lot of the amazing stuff that happens in pickles. It is a beautiful SpongeBob-centric story, and it is it is simple, which is key. And it's so relatable. So I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Well, because I re- I really relate to SpongeBob, you know, his undying optimism and the fact that he can always see um, good and the bad and that his uh, solution to solving problems is with love, light and positivity. However... You also get to see in this episode that he suffers from crippling anxiety. He is a perfectionist. He has OCD. And these things keep him awake at night and he is frazzled. So to see that SpongeBob is human was really wonderful. And of course, they do it to the absolute extreme, you know, where he's like completely functionless, you know, can't figure it out. And then it's fine. It's always fine the next day. It's always fine. And he didn't ever make the mistake. And that's so funny. You know, that's it. He's such a a perfection. And we never saw that side of of him. You know, we just assumed he was always um, just indestructible kind of. And so it was really nice to see him be a little bit human. And I, I really totally relate to that character. I think back to the first episode, Help Wanted. I think back to how Mr. Krabs sent him on a fool's errand. Yes, and it worked out. And 
And it worked out. And I and like you said, like it makes you think that SpongeBob is a little bit indestructible. Like he's this unstoppable force in Bikini Bottom and all the other characters who maybe are not the purest of heart. There may be jerks. There may be being kind of mean. They always get their comeuppance, which is true. But this episode is great because it's I think it's delivering a great message, which is letting kids, letting young people know, like you can't be too hard on yourself. Sometimes you're having an off day and that is OK. I felt like that as well, where it's just one thing goes wrong. And then all of a sudden for the rest of the day, you kind of making mistakes and you're messing up. You're like, oh, I forgot to do my laundry. Oh, I forgot to take out the trap. Like you just you, you know, you're just not uh, at 100 percent. And that's OK. But you got to take care of yourself and eventually you're just going to be able to get right back into it. You know, like, like Mr. Crab says, it's like riding a bicycle. And then we pan over and like the bicycles, like in a soup or something like, it's like not okay. <laughs> Mr. Crab's is like, Oh, this is maybe worse than I thought. I, th- I also think that it just led to great comedy to let Tom Kenny play SpongeBob as this frazzled. Yeah. Har, har, har. Funniest moment. The funniest, the funniest moment for me is I anything can't do right because since pickles is so funny. (laughs) Do you how do? He just turns into Yoda. And I think the thing that also is so beautiful and what keeps it SpongeBob and also what I relate to is the thing that 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 he um, that ultimately becomes his like destroyer is that perhaps he didn't serve someone to the best of his abilities. Mm. You know, it's not like I made a, a mistake and it's going to reflect badly on on me as a person. It's like maybe I didn't help that person as much as I could have. Maybe yeah. I like I, there's some, I didn't my excellent my standard of excellence in the service industry was lowered today. And that's the thing that broke him. And I think that is just so pure of heart. Yeah, I just had to write some of these things down. The stuff that he's shouting the orders that he's shouting are so funny. He goes, one crying Johnny coming up. And I'm like, what does that even <laughs> Me mean? Too, I wrote, what is a crying Johnny in big all caps? <laughs> what is that? And then he goes, one dozen crying cows on the farm. <laughs> uh, like, <what?"> <laughs> <laughs> So funny. Uh, you could tell that they had a blast either, either like making those up or writing those down, you know? And I also, when we get our sort of antagonist of the episode, the introduction, we have to talk about this. This is the first time we ever meet Bubble Bass. I hear Square Pants is back. I'm right here, Bubble Bass. I thought I ran you out of town. This is where I belong. Rawr. Bubble Bass is one of the most important sort of secondary characters of the show. And he's used a lot more, I think, in the shows these days. He's a counselor for the Nerdy Cabin in Camp Coral. Like, he is, um, he's voiced by D. Bradley Baker. He's the perfect sort of foil for SpongeBob because he's not maliciously evil, but he is kind of a jerk. And he has this kind of attitude that's like the opposite of SpongeBob. SpongeBob is so bright and happy and he's kind of like sarcastic and, and, you know, he thinks he's like the greatest. So Bubble Bass shows up and one of the things he orders, he says animal style, which I was like, Hey, that's in and out. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, great little reference to probably my favorite fast food restaurant chain in the world, which is in and out burger. I'll take a double, triple bossy deluxe on a raft four by four animals style, extra shingles with a shimmy and a squeeze, light axle grease, make it cry, burn it and let it swim. 
I also I want to mention this thing that happened at the end of the episode, which I thought was because it's such a SpongeBob heavy episode, it's kind of heartbreaking. He's messing up a lot. You know, losing your confidence is extremely relatable and poor SpongeBob lost his confidence. But then at the very end, SpongeBob, when he's getting everybody that's that's all of the like the people in the restaurant that are so happy that SpongeBob's back, he goes, and three cheers for the fry cook who took my place while I was gone, Squidward. And nobody <laughs> hip, hip, boo. Hip, hip, boo. Hip, hip, boo. I was cackling. Also, Squidward has some of the greatest one-liners in this episode. When the girl comes up in the front and is like, um, uh, do you have any salt? And he's like, no. And she says, could you check? And he goes, no. <laughs> and then he kind of after um uh bubble butt bubble bath bubble bass? I like bubble butt because he does have a really big <laughs> butt um after bubble after bubble bass um orders that ridiculously long line of um things and Squidward goes we serve food here sir like that's <laughs> so funny to me we serve food yeah. here sir just not down to play whatever game he is in and remember how um we were talking to the amazing the the incredible teal wang and she was talking about how there's 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 all of these different aspects to coloring the show well i thought that this was a great example this episode was a great example of that too because we get to see spongebob house in the day and then spongebob's house at night and i was like there it is that's exactly what teal was talking about that's exactly what we were discussing where it's like there are different times of day colors for these characters and for these locations and stuff which is great and another fun detail that yes the writing in this episode was fantastic the voice acting was fantastic the animation was fantastic there's a detail where when things are going really bad and Mr. Krabs visits SpongeBob at his house, like sp- the background music is backwards. Did you catch that? No. Mr. Krabs, hello. Do you how do? Why are you talking funny, lad? I anything can't do right since because pickles. Nonsense. You'll be back making Krabby Patties like your old self in no time. I think don't ready back to go to work, Mr. Krabs. Well, you're fine, me boy. Ooh. Well, maybe not. All we need to do is get your confidence back so you can make me more money. Uh, I mean, uh, patties. <laughs> yeah, it was like wrong and it made me uncomfortable. And I was like, what an awesome detail that the music is off a little bit to really get you to feel like this isn't this. This is bad. There's a toaster on the door. Yep. You know, SpongeBob's like hammering bread like with a nail. This is bad, 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 bad. And the music helps you feel that. I didn't realize that. That's a great detail, Hector. Yeah, I think I just yeah. felt it, but I didn't realize it. And when we interview someone who had anything to do with the score, I'm, I'm really excited to hear about all those details. That was a really good catch, yes. Hector. Good yes. catch, Hector. Well, thanks. Thanks so much. Um, I, I think in summary, this is a, a, a wonderful SpongeBob-centric story uh, paired with Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Just some bangers. These two episodes are so good. Frankie, any other final thoughts on Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy or Pickles? My overall takeaway from these both of these episodes is probably, you know, let's forgive ourselves. I think it's as a very important to forgive others, but I think we often forget to forgive ourselves. And SpongeBob lets us know that that is something we should be doing just as important as forgiving other people. So that's my takeaway. I agree. I agree. And also hang out with old folks. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of SpongeBob Binge Pants. We'll be back soon with a new episode. Uh, thanks again for all your support and we'll see you then. Bye.